Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Welcome to Slash Film Daily for July 4th, 2017. I'm Peter Serretta. Every day we bring you the most interesting news from the world of movies and television. Wrap it up with a deeper dive into one of the great features on SlashFilm.com. And today it is the nation's birthday. So it's going to be a shorter episode. Every week on the site we do a thing called Slash Answers where the Slash Film staff gets together and we answer one cinematic question this week in honor of the nation's birthday. We are entering the most American movie, and we'll get to that on the podcast for the first time in just a bit. But before we get to that, I just want to share my quick thoughts on a movie I just saw. I got to see Edgar Wright's Baby Driver in the theater. It was actually on Sunday night, and it was packed for an L.A. crowd at the Grove. It was good to see so many people showing up for a movie that isn't you know, a big blockbuster. I really like the movie. I'm not sure where it falls for me in Edgar Wright's filmography. I really love the choreography of the cinematography and the music align itself, especially in those first two sequences. It's masterful. The ending was intense. The movie feels like Edgar Wright saw the opening sequence of Drive and, and you know got inspired to make a whole movie that could top that and he does seeing the movie and seeing Ansel Elgart in the lead role makes me wish he was cast as Han Solo so I highly recommend if you haven't seen the film yet to go to the theater buy a ticket to Edgar Wright's Baby Driver you will not be disappointed so let's get into this week's slash answer which is what is the most American movie of all time there is some political answers so if you want to avoid that you can stop listening right now First up is Bradford Omen, who you know on the site as Ethan Anderton. For this week's last answer, I chose Mike Judge's Idiocracy as the most American movie. And without getting into anything specific or incendiary, I just think it's perfectly representative of the kind of America that we are confronting each day and every day in recent months. And, you know, the entire movie may not be too far removed from where we're heading as long as this country keeps heading down a path of anti-intellectualism and people getting hit in the nuts and reality TV show stars taking over Washington, D.C. It's 
not too far-fetched to imagine somebody like Terry Crews' President Camacho in the White House shooting automatic weapons and corporations taking over the entire United States. Idiocracy is undoubtedly the most American movie out there today. This is Ben Pearson, and my choice is the 1986 movie Top Gun, directed by Tony Scott, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson, and starring, of course, Tom Cruise. This movie is pretty much the epitome of that sort of ultra-cheesy but still kind of awesome 80s movie, which I think, because America fetishizes the 80s to a ridiculous degree, even today means that this uh, is basically one of the most American movies ever made. You've got fast jets, motorcycles, epic guitar instrumentals, a super catchy theme song in Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. You've got fist-pumping action, a young movie star who is on the cusp of greatness, and he's got this 1,000-watt smile. What could possibly be more American than Top Gun? So, yeah, that's definitely my choice, and uh, I think this one is sort of emblematic of the type of movies that came out of the 80s and the kind of movies that uh, American audiences still love to watch. This is Hwai Chen Bui, and my choice for this week was An American Tale, because I think that there's nothing more American than the story of an American immigrant as told through mice. So, An American Tale is a 1986 animated film directed by Don Bluth, which follows a family of Russian Jewish mice who travel to America in search of the country without cats. Um, Unfortunately, the family gets separated along the way, leaving the seven-year-old son, Fievel, to strike out on his own and try to reunite with his family. Um, It's a surprisingly dark film, but at the core of it is one of the sweetest and most optimistic songs that I've heard in an animated film. And it's one of my favorites as well. It's one that I can recite all the lyrics to today as well as probably cry to whenever I watch the scene. So the song is Somewhere Out There and it's sung between Fievel and his sister Tanya. And it's a duet while they're yearning to reunite with each other. And I think it's a song that really encapsulates that optimism and hopefulness that is at the core of America and um, being able to overcome those struggles and sorrows that you face. So my choice for the most American film is An American Tale. Hey everyone, this is David Chen from the Slash Filmcast and my choice for most American movie ever would, of course, be Team America, World Police, the 2004 film directed by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. For my money, no film better captures the glory, the excess, the absurdity, and the wonder of America better than Team America, World Police, which has a special counterterrorist team working to take down an incredibly racist depiction of Kim Jong-il. Uh, I thought it was hilarious, but also uh, insightful about uh, the American psyche. And that's why it's my choice for most American film ever. This is Jacob Hall, and my choice this week is Independence Day. And that may seem like an obvious choice, considering this week's subject matter and the 4th of July holiday. But I feel like there's more going on here than just an alien invasion movie that happens to take place on the 4th of July. Here's a movie 
It's about honor and duty and sacrifice and the brave men and women in the military, all the things we like to talk about this week. But at the same time, it's a big, loud, glossy, flashy movie. And for those of you who may not remember, it was one of the most well-sold movies of 1996. If you want to see the birth of modern-day movie advertising, you go look at Independence Day. This is a movie that was created as a product, created as a piece of entertainment meant to appeal on every single possible level. As a business enterprise, as a symbol of capitalism in so many ways, Independence Day is more American than just about any movie ever made. And yet, I'm not here to bury Independence Day because I like the movie. And I think that its connections to America go beyond the patriotic platitudes and beyond the fact that it's this glossy, well-made, huge, loud product. While it is all those things, while it is loud, while it is a little obnoxious, while it is pretty tacky and cheesy, it's also honest. It is not ironic in its love for the things that it espouses. There's no self-aware jokes. There's no sense of this being a cynical endeavor. On screen, and that's what matters, this is a movie that's entirely about, well, being American. And it takes itself very seriously. And it means well at every single turn. And we can make fun of that, or we can embrace it. And right now... I'm choosing to embrace it. This is Jack Drew, and my personal pick is Gavin O'Connor's Miracle. It's a movie I'll feel emotional about, even if I just start thinking about it. Like, if I'm at the grocery store, on the bus, or wherever. Especially if I'm listening to Mark Isham's score. Um, the Trek unreleased suite, I couldn't even count how many times I've heard it. And every time I listen to it, I can just feel that movie's power and sense of uplift, which I don't ever feel as phony. I think Gavin O'Connor brought the same sense of realism he did to Warrior that he did to Miracle and made just a very genuine Disney sports movie. And I think Kurt Russell is incredible in it. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when Herb Brooks, after he wins, he gets that second chance and he beats the Soviet Union and goes to be by himself. And in a long shot, you see him crying. And I just think even from that distance, you can feel the power of Kurt Russell end of the movie I, I just every time I watch it right when it gets to the end and Aerosmith uh, I think Dream On yeah Dream On plays which could have been so hokey but it's not it just feels so earned just like every other scene and victory in the movie uh, it's a movie I really love and yeah that's my recommendation for July 4th and finally my answer to what is the greatest American movie is the 1993 documentary American movie from Chris Smith um, yes it's a little cheeky but it's also the first movie that came to mind when I was asked this question. And it's also a movie that not many people have seen, so I like to spread the word. It's a 1999 documentary that follows this filmmaker named Mark, who is an aspiring independent filmmaker who attempts to finance a low-budget horror film that he abandoned years before. Uh, the setting for the film is Wisconsin, and uh, the film gives us a slice of life of the middle of America and the fascinating characters that inhabit Mark's world. It's a movie about the American dream. It's a film about independent artists and the struggles and fun of low-budget filmmaking. If I didn't pick this, I would have gone a little bit more political. I would have picked Michael Moore's documentary, the 2002 film Bowling for Columbine, which I just revisited. And boy, does that film still resonate and have 
surprising relevance in today's times about the culture of fear we live in and the problematic obsession our country has with firearms. So I'd recommend both those movies. And that does it for today's Slash Film Daily. You can find more info on SlashFilm.com. You can subscribe to Slash Film Daily on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all the popular podcast apps. We are still very much experimenting with this podcast. Please feel free to send your feedback to Peter at SlashFilm.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please tell your family and friends to listen. We'll see you tomorrow with a new episode of Slash Film Daily.